on Beta Antares, they play a real game. It's a man's game, but of course, probably a little beyond you. It requires intelligence. It's Trexticles. missed you all so much. It is Trexticles, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. And, and man, I don't know if you still remember me. I'm I'm like the, the father that went off to war and his son doesn't even recognize his face. I am Pat Ryan, and with me, uh, thank God, once again, is the ever-lovely, ever-charming Jake Fitzenrider. Jake, how's it going tonight? Oh, it's great. I'm pumped up like Foster the People's Kicks tonight. It is wow. fantastic <laughs> to be back. That was, that was a deep cut. Did you... <laughs> Well, I've had like six months to practice these. So, oh, you know. man, you're going to be full of zingers then. As you could tell, that one was a little dated. That thing, well, that would have been a brilliant sign-on about a year and a half ago. If we had ago. actually kept up with this. <laughs> right. it, do they still exist? Are they a thing anymore? I have no idea. I mean the band, not Kicks. Oh. Well, yeah, no, the band's fine. <laughs> so, Good to know. So, yeah, this is the Star Trek podcast that's uh, made up mostly of dick and fart jokes. And uh, so tonight we're going to be watching an episode that I absolutely love. And a large part of it is because um, both myself and Jake are originally from the Chicagoland area. And there are a lot of horribly shitty Chicago accents in here. (laughs) And it is absolutely glorious at some points. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that back then they really knew that there was a difference between like Chicago accent and uh, New Jersey and New York accent. Like it all sounds exactly the same to me. Yeah, it's just a lot of like, uh, what's his name, the Penguin from uh, from Batman. Uh, the, nah. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the uh, Burgess Meredith. That's the guy. There you go. So a lot of it is just like the word hash, and it's great acting all throughout, especially when Kirk starts to. Assume. Oh, did I mention that the episode is a piece of the action? I did not. Um, but this is from TOS, and it is just one hell of an episode because it ties in a lot of the the sci-fi elements that we've seen in other the episodes more themed around the omnipotent dick. But yet, it also has a little bit of that that smack of the Nazi planet episode. Where it's just like something so bizarre. It's like, yeah, right, uh, a planet full of, full of gangsters. The kids will love it, sort of thing. Well, yeah, I, I think this is a great example of uh, exactly this is what they had to do before they invented the holodeck. Oh, basically. Yeah, yeah they had to come up with <laughs> shitty planets. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, the basic outline on this episode is. Um, the, the Enterprise is responding to a very, very old radio signal from the early federation from a a ship that had crashed down on this planet that was starting to have the beginnings of industrialism which is actually a really awesome setup like the sort of like what happens if we left our stuff behind on a place that was really close to their big boom but this goes in such a different direction and you almost get like i feel like this could have been cut up into three 15 minute web shorts (laughs) Because every few minutes, it's like, oh, we're back on the ship. Oh, we're at gunpoint again. Oh, we're back on the ship. Gunpoint again. But uh, I still I still love so much about it. And it's and, and a big part of it is I find the, the scene where Kirk comes up with Fizbin really funny. 
So uh, we're going to do our usual thing and just kind of watch along with this. I, I invite all of you at home to uh, go ahead and sync it up. This is all on Netflix, or if you have the DVDs, go ahead and queue that up too. But we're going to kind of watch it and not so much give a, a shot-for-shot commentary on it, but just kind of use it as talking points. So, that being said, Jake, do you have yours all? I'm ready. All right. So, we're going to start it up right about now. So And we're rolling. Okay. <laughs> you know, it still upsets me every time I see the uh, the new, like, cleaned up ships instead of the models. Oh, yeah. For that, like, it's really upsetting. And I know if you have the DVDs, you can switch it off. Or if you have the Blu-rays, you can switch it off. But it just it kind of takes me out of it more than it really should. And I know they did that with the TNG DVDs where they cleaned it up some, but that kind of works more because that's like 90s and not 60s. Right. That's your, I mean, Next Generation looks dated, but not that dated. No, no. Some of the stuff, like even some of the later episodes when you start getting into a lot of the Borg stuff, that doesn't look bad. Like it, it does look dated, but it, it doesn't look like... Like Army of Darkness, the skeletons in that. It's it's not right. like that level of cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh man, got those Short hot skirt. yeomen running around. No, so many short skirts in this. Yeah. Oh, I uh, wanted to mention. I think it's, I think it's funny. You said this could fit in three web shorts. Yeah. I actually think that this. Uh, I I don't want to ruin anything, but I actually uh, I haven't seen this episode in years, and yep. watching it again, I was like. I feel like it needs to last about another hour. Oh, to like be you could just have it keep going with more of the gangster stuff. Yeah, I, I just I feel like they just I don't know. We'll we'll explain it more when we get to the ending. But I feel like sure. it should have elaborated more on the whole. Yeah, yeah. Because in the end, they ask a couple of really interesting moral questions, and it's just kind of like, eh, yeah, like credits. Uh, one thing I do like is in this episode, there is a lot of Mr. Scott taking a leadership role. Mm. And, like, in his in his younger days, he, like, they could have done a spinoff where he was the captain. I, I found him just, yeah. like, so charming in all of his performances. Oh, totally. And also, I love how unprofessional Kirk is when he uh, basically just grabs Bones and Spock. And he's like, come on, boys, we're going on an adventure. I like, you can, you can just tell looking at... Uh how he fills out his shirt that this must have been later in one of the seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. He Let did. himself go a little bit. Well, that's because if you look on one of his pecs, there's like an indent from where the girdle is. <laughs> but he wears it well. Oh, totally. <laughs> I like that they they go through all this effort to make this sort of period piece. I mean, mm-hmm. sort of. I mean, it's kind of a fake fantasy period piece, but you know. Yeah. But, uh, and then... They named the guy Oxmix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. I understand I, it's got it's a foreign planet, so whatever. Yeah, but, but if they had done like an anagram of Al Capone or John Dillinger or something like do something stereotypically gangster but rearrange the letters to make it right. I don't know. I think we're maybe asking too much of <laughs> the the writers in this one. Huh. Uh, that would one be thing David that is P. Done, Harmon, by the way. Also, um speaking of uh, short skirts, it, yeah. wow. Yeah. Everybody on the street is hot. <laughs> Good job, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the this is the like uh, Christina Aguilera music videos for fourteen year olds of the sixties. See, I don't know if it's Roddenberry or if it's just congratulations, nineteen sixties. Yeah, I mean we've <laughs> talked about that a thousand times. Sixties women's are just sixties <laughs> uh, <I'll, laughs> <60s> women's. 
I just want I just wanted to point out I didn't catch it the first time. Yeah. That pawn shop there, they buy and sell beds, chairs, and couches. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, unlike the real world where all they buy and buy is guns. Guns and gold. Yeah. Guns for gold. That's that's our new million dollar idea. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, what I do like is, uh, well, now that the credits are rolling, um, when they first land on the planet, they have that sort of moment of, we don't know our history well enough, mm-hmm. which I actually really enjoy. Um, when they're like, what's a heater? And what is this car doing? And, you know, that sort of stuff. I, I feel like that was actually played really well and really well placed in this episode. Because there's a couple of times where and and you're going to get it from both ends. Um, that's what she said. Uh, nice. Where the gangsters don't understand the technology. And we're back. Drexel, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, but when you get the the gangsters aren't understanding what the spacemen are saying, and the you know the main crew has no idea what these primitive gangsters are talking right. about. Now so, that's that's true to a certain point, but I think. This is one thing that probably played off a lot better in 1968 because just, uh, you know, it's clever and it's cool. But like you're talking about the car earlier, like, really, you think 300 years from now, somebody, even if he's well educated, it's going to be like, oh, this is a manual transmission. Oh, Use yeah. the clutch. Well, really? I mean, they kinda, I, mean I do you think I could hop into like a, like a chariot and be like, <laughs> oh, I know how this works. Yeah, you hit the horses and then they st- oh. they go. Yeah, well... Hopefully. <laughs> oh, and I, I also like that um, this isn't just a world where it's stereotypical gangsters. It's everyone's a gangster. Oh, yeah. There are no innocents in here. Even they're going to run into a child later in this episode. And he's fucking like swinging around a knife at everybody. And everyone's like, oh, that's cute because he's young and violent. He's a little badass. I know. Yeah. Uh, I would love to be one of the extras in this scene. Yeah, Hold the gun awkwardly and walk slowly. <laughs> Stay in a straight line, everyone. Uh, I still want to bring back the fedora, but hipsters oh, tried to no. beat me to it, and now it's ruined. I, yeah, I fedoras just don't look good on anybody. I mean, they did. Oh, sure, but when you were that's wearing the a weird suit thing. <laughs> instead of an anime t-shirt, which is where <laughs> I see most of the fedoras attached to. Unlike me, I keep it classy with my my Trek Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself t-shirt. You actually have one of those. I do, yes. Brilliant. Yep. And then I've got like a surprising amount of Star Trek uniforms. Well, not so surprising, but... <laughs> yeah, you do do a... Ah, do-do. Do-do. You do do a podcast, <laughs> but, you know. So. Yeah. Why, why is it that just because it's 20s gangster shit that there has to be garbage everywhere? Like... Well, I did did, did criminals in the 20s yeah. just, like, love to kick over garbage cans? <laughs> well, I mean, they were talking about there's hits placed all the time. True, People are getting true. bumped off. Man, more historical hotties. I know. And they've got guns. And they got uh, weapons on their hip, too. Hey-oh. Nice. Uh, talking about the boobs. <clears throat> I'm going to love the sexy trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because if you took that down two octaves, it'd, be, it'd just be like the adults from uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah. You know? Now, here's and, something that I noticed in, in this episode and a bunch of others that I've been watching recently is uh, any time a female walks past Bones, mm. he is just like just undress, not even just undressing with his eyes. He is just straight up just banging them mercilessly with his eyes. 
Like, I, do, I, I, I just time. really want to interrupt real quick because yeah. I just love this scene where it's like, I'm a mob <laughs> boss, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, the prisoners are here. He's like, oh, I better hurry up and play pool. <laughs> <laughs> just out of nowhere. This, and like, I love how just incorrect he's playing it, too, because he just keeps moving the ball. And I think that's one of those things where like the directors were like, no, no, he's <laughs> not even close. <laughs> no, he's not, not even close to a pocket. He's not like. playing pool. Oh, it's so brilliant. <laughs> Come here, pick up a stick and not play with me. Ah, uh, that oh, weirdly okay. dirty. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, a lot of actually pretty decent dialogue throughout this episode, where like. Kirk basically stands his ground on, on, like, you know, we're the Federation of Planets. We don't give weapons. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't, you know, we don't break rules, which is funny because, you know, Kirk is kind of known for breaking most rules. But is he hitting the two ball? Uh, He's hitting yep. the two ball. <laughs> <He> <laughs> totally, How did I not notice that? Totally missed the. Uh... He just he, he actually and he's hitting another one with yep. his. What is he doing? <laughs> this is he's, awesome. He's playing pool like a drunk six-year-old. <laughs> and I love the frame. You, you, got, you hang out with a lot of uh, drunk six-year-olds. Though. Yeah, oh man, they know how to party. And yet he can't smoke. He's chewing on a toothpick because he's a man of class. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also love the history book that they all have. And, and we just <laughs> saw it in the background. But it's like history of Chicago gangsters, like oh Chicago uh, mobs of the twenties. That looks pretty dated to be a book from twenty one sixty eight. Also, there have been a lot of twenties, like a mm. lot of twenties. Yeah, there there had actually been two other twenties. Yeah, well, not when the they say it was written in nineteen ninety two. Uh, yeah, but but apparently, apparently a starship crew is carrying around a two hundred year old book. Yeah. And and about 12 copies of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really got to wonder what the crew of the, uh, what was the name of the ship from the beginning? Horizon. Yeah, from the Horizon. I just, I wonder what they were doing, what their mission was. They're antique book dealers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they were the first interstellar book bus. And I think, actually, we're, when we're going to see this Fisbin thing, I'm yeah. thinking maybe that's how they learned to play pool, too. <laughs> <laughs> they just started, just started to, the first crew came in. It's like, here's how you play a game called pool. And none of them had ever played pool before. Yeah, see, every time it's Wednesday, you're going to want the balls to add up to seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If the, if the balls add up to seven, you've had a bad party. <laughs> Someone loses a tex- test... Uh, Trexticle. There you go. Or gains one. Uh, never know. I've never woken up with an extra, but <laughs> oh. still young. Yeah, plenty of time. Plenty of time to pick one up. This guy takes his glasses on <laughs> and off. I know. I, I have. Ex- I expect like uh, the Who to start screaming. Yeah, like <laughs> CSI <laughs> style. <laughs> Oh man, more of the the bad, angry Chicagoan accent. To be honest, though, if we weren't from here, I think we'd think that this is actually a much cooler voice than our own. Oh yeah, sure. I think the real Chicago accents. Which why why does every villain have to snap his fingers like that? Because it's cool. But if you had arm like, if you had a posse of guys with guns, mm. wouldn't you just be like, hey guys? <laughs> point point your guns at this one. Exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is the very, very interesting to me. The like, because he never fires it. He never actually throughout the entire episode. This guy has. He takes uh, the the phasers from Kirk's Spock and Bones, and he, the like, heaters. Yeah, the the heaters. Um, and the communicator. He never uses them. Like, he doesn't want to test them out. Like, he's willing to kill them, but he won't fire this magic device. At them. Maybe he doesn't know how to fire it. Well, yeah, but he, he knows that they're weapons. Yeah. So he's obviously been exposed to them. He's yeah. trying to set up an arms deal for them, and yet everyone else is using Tommy guns. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, I want that carpet, though. That is pretty sweet. That's that's gonna be huge too. I just like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I guess I just kind of took it for granted as part of the scenery. But there's that huge red carpet in, on the floor. They're just massive. Actually, the the house or mansion or wherever this episode takes place in for most of the time is actually like kind of beautiful. Oh, it is. I don't know if that's, it's just a. So's the so's cool. the chick, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the very very obvious gum chewing. <laughs> I like how they're, lo- uh, in this scene, they're looking up yeah, at the ceiling at? and talking to Mr. Scott. Uh, and, like, obviously, yes, he is floating above the planet. But they're looking up at the ceiling as if, if somebody gave you a phone call mm. from, a, like, a telephone on an airplane, You'd you look would up. look up to try to find them. But then, then Scott actually responds with facial expressions, which I love, too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does the chick that's sitting on his desk, does she, I don't think she speaks in a word the entire time. No, I think they. And I don't think she moves. I I think they hide like Roddenberry eye you, candy. Could you imagine the ad? We need a <laughs> chick to sit on a desk and chew gum. <laughs> okay, now we're getting to the uh, the Fizbin scene, which is kind of the the centerpiece of this episode, or at least what people remember the most here. And this is like it's a distraction technique, kind of. But, yeah, like, really, from the get-go, Spock could have just, like, knocked one out, and then they could have beaten the other two up. Yeah, it's just a little pointless. I, I love it's how they're completely just... completely unnecessary. They're, why are they dealing so viciously, too? Because <laughs> they're gangsters. <laughs> this happens in a lot of old movies when they're showing, like, Old West poker and stuff, where they're just, like, flinging the cards into the table. Well, and not to mention that McCoy, Kirk, and Spock are, like, standing very close and whispering and pointing... Now, yeah. as any one of the gangsters, wouldn't you kind of like, I don't know, get wise to that where it's like, hey, maybe they're, do you think they're planning something? But instead they're it, like, oh, fun card game. You know what I have to say to that? What? Nah. <laughs> I also love that they have like a video poker machine and pinball machines. Uh, like they also learned that from the gangster book. Like <laughs> In the 20s. There might have been pinball Chicago in the 20s. I, I know surprisingly pinball. little about history, so there might have been pinball in the 20s. Uh, there might have been, but why would they write like in detail how to make a pinball machine? In Except, a history look, they're book? all dusty and dirty. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's how it was written. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I also noticed that there's more like tomes sitting on tables in different places, like big books. And also the... The triple X boxes, mm-hmm. full of pornography. Clearly, yeah. Now, I actually I do get a kick out of this, and um, they actually they have made a card game called Fizzman, uh based on this, and I, there are a complete set of rules, and you can buy it online. And I kind of want to get that. 
I, I don't get it. Like, I, I understand make 3D chess, because in the universe, 3D chess is a real thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and but I actually, I think... They why would you make a fake game? It, I mean, yeah. it's a fake game. It's It was it's nothing like more than a fake. distraction. Right. But I might want to get it anyway, just because I like this episode. And also, I, I love how stupid this is, because he says you don't need another jack, otherwise you'll be disqualified. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he gets another jack. Yeah. And he's happy. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I also like when uh, Kirk's like, well, it's... Oh, what are the odds, Spock? Spock, what, what are the odds of, of you getting this? And Spock's like, I, I don't I didn't calculate it. And Kirk shoots him at this look like, do not fuck me on this, Spock. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, shit is real with this fake game. And also, Spock can't pick up on very subtle hints. I mean, he did, though. Yeah, obviously. no, eventually, like, you do see him catch on. He must have caught on to say that, but... Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> but this is the most elaborate distraction scene I think I've, I've seen in any... But they're not distracting him. They're... They just... He just spent, like, five minutes making up a game. So Spock so... could just go and nerve pinch the guy that he was standing in front of. Yeah, basically so that these guys would stay at the table that they've been at the entire time. Yeah. You which, know, which is what they would have done if they right. hadn't stepped in. So, I also love the how badass Spock looks with a pistol and a machine He's gun. He's dual-wielding, yeah. <laughs> like, there's any way he could fire both of them. Jump! <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> for those of you not watching along, there's a very small box on the on the alleyway that Kirk's running through, and he makes a, a wonderful bo- wonderful bound over this tiny box. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where he doesn't jump over it. He jumps up and kicks his legs to the side <laughs> as, around as it because he hurdle. can't quite make it. Yeah. Oh. And then the, the rival gangsters that pick him up look like extras from the music, man. <laughs> Musical theater reference, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, apparently... Uh, Included in the history of the 20s were detailed instructions on how to make vinyl records. Yes. <laughs> and fedoras, for that matter. I mean, to be honest. <laughs> and so uh, what we just saw on screen is, is Spock just uh, nerve-pinched a woman and then set her face onto the turntable, <laughs> <laughs> which seems a little, little crazy. Oh. And I also you know. love how they're able to retrofit technology like to turn it or like modify it so it will communicate with the ship potentially, even though they've caught other radio streams and, and this, that, and the other thing. But it it's like saying if you were to go back in the time where there were trebuchets, you would be able to figure out how to make a motorcycle. Like it's it's not really apples to apples. Well, I would, actually. <laughs> make but, a, you make a trebuchet motorcycle? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's going to be the name of my metal band. <laughs> I think, at least with that, there's you can at least sort of wave it away and say that because they're, you know, half the reason they're here is because they intercepted an old standard radio broadcast. So. Okay, I, I need to stop you just for a sec because there is a building that they just walked into and the plaque on the side says, Boss of such and such area of town. Mm. Like somebody <laughs> had a, a plaque made to say that his job is boss. And why, why is the bald guy the only one not wearing a hat? Oh, that's a good question. 
And see, this is how we differentiate the bosses, because one plays pool poorly, one plays darts poorly. <laughs> <laughs> he stands three feet away and still doesn't hit the face of the uh, rival gang member. <laughs> oh. I'm the head of the whole South Side Territory. Didn't you see it on my building? <laughs> yeah. He's got a bow tie. The bow ties are cool. And he's got two rotary telephones. Now there's another. He's also got a chick on his desk. Yep. No, that's, that's She's a- not chewing gum, though. Ooh. Ooh, that's not Not, good. not as cool. That's sharp. <laughs> we need to make a, a Star Trek calendar of attractive women who have no lines in any scene. <laughs> like this. This is Miss February. <laughs> to be fair, though, the woman in this scene is bigger, but still really hot. Oh, yeah, totally. And she has a gun. They all have guns. They all, they all have guns. And here's something that I don't really understand. Like, um, what they're setting up right now is, is this woman is giving Kirk a massage and being like all seductive, like and all that. And what's about to happen? He's going to be like, "I'm I'm going to kill you if you don't give me stuff." Mm. And it's like, how is that buttering him up? It's like, oh, let's get him really turned on and then threaten his life. Well, it's 1968. You couldn't really, you know, you couldn't go be that overt. What do you? <laughs> But, like, you have some chick going down on some dude, and you're like, well, we're going to kill you now. Like, that still doesn't accomplish anything. You just have a very <laughs> weirdly placed woman in that scene. Uh, but. What? Shut up. Shut up. No, <laughs> 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 oh, but that, that's how they do it if, like, Fincher or Aronofsky made this episode. Oh, yeah. No, that's. <laughs> Man, that would be kind of a cool interpretation to see. Darren Aronofsky's Star Trek. <laughs> they're all addicted to drugs, and they're all sad. Oh, so we've got more more wheeling and dealing here, and Kirk saying that he's not going to give over any of the weapons or the communicators and all this other crap. So I, I this is stuff that I, I think they could have cut out to make room for some of the stuff that you were talking about at the end where you can go into more detail about some of the the implications of what they've just done. Because I feel like yeah, that's a little actually, bit more compelling. Yeah. They, they compress... I think they, this, like, Act 1 was about four minutes. Yeah. Act 2 was about 44 minutes, and then Act 3 <laughs> is about 34 seconds. Yeah. I like how the rival gang doesn't wear fedoras, though. They wear the yeah, like whatever. The, what I think of called. when you see um, a barbershop quartet. Like, those those sort of hats. Right, right. Where it's, like, straw but flat. Yeah. <clears throat> uh. I like how Kirk's having his life threatened, and he's leaning on a table that has a knife on it, <laughs> and he just doesn't bother. Why is there so much administrative crap in a jail cell? I don't know. Why is that? Yeah. And how does Flip he know how to make and... it like a, an old radio function? Like, that, this sort of stuff. Why? <laughs> he rips it off like he's so angry at it. <laughs> Take that, particle board. I like that. Oh, he's removing the part that's the communicator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah, which is actually a hollow piece of metal. That's also called the Fizzbin. Yes. <laughs> uh, here's here's Act Two and a Half. Oh yeah, with the the subplot of of Bones and Spock doing things. Like they they're just constantly getting caught throughout this episode. Like, they, they do not pull off anything successfully. They're like, well, we've got a great idea. And every time they beam back to the planet, someone's got a gun to their head. And they're like, oh, nuts. I love how, well, 
Ah, screw it. I'll spoil it. In <laughs> about it. two minutes, they do get caught again. Yeah. And then it fades to commercial. They get caught by Oxmix again. Yeah. And it fades to commercial. Mm. And then it comes back from commercial. And Spock voices over and saying, like, as impossible as it sounds, we've been captured again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's <laughs> like, like, uh, like, like first oh, mate's shocker. log supplemental. Like, how are you recording this? <laughs> But you, you found another chick with turntables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the, the gangster is basically drunk dialing the Enterprise. Because <laughs> it's clear that he's been drinking and he's trying to work the communicator. <laughs> oh, this this episode is one of the more absurd, and I, I just love it for it. Because I, I think the things that make me upset about uh, episodes of TNG are the exact things that I love so much about TOS. It's like it's, like it's old enough that you can forgive it for being silly. Yeah, and it, it's almost endearing that they, the stories that they give us are so absurd and, and the characters are so bombastic and, and goofy that like when, when they tried doing that in uh, any of the other Trek series, really, it just it felt stupid. Well, yeah, but maybe just it's... time and place, like you were saying. Oh, okay. Here's yep. here's a part that is also <laughs> amazing because Kirk sets up this... the most intricate trap that is nothing more than him waiting for people to walk into a room, so he hits them with things. The, why? I don't know. I don't get the garbage thing, but uh, yeah, this is this is probably in my top five fight scenes from TOS. Oh yeah, it's no Gorn, but it's amazing. No, 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 no. But he he throws a garbage can <laughs> on the ground. A guy gets hit by a tripwire, kicks him in the face. And then another guy walks in the room and he almost him up like a, a bird going to bed. Yeah. Spin him around. Which also doesn't do anything. And then he does like this really awkward uppercut. <laughs> and it's just just beautiful the way it's pulled off. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of the Gorn, there was actually a very funny commercial for the new Star Trek video game where it's uh, fat old William Shatner. And uh, a guy in a Gorn suit, also <laughs> chubby, like just trying to fight each other, and then they give up and play the video game together. But like that was actually kind of a fun nod. Meow, mm. I'm still chewing gum. Meow. <laughs> she got off the desk though. That's yeah, kinda... but still no words. She's still unable to speak. And here's another thing: How are they not screaming when they see people get beamed in and out? Because they know about it. Didn't you hear? Him? He even says they can't do anything till they stop sparkling. Remember, they were visited. Yes, but... hundred years ago, but... Oh, that's right. No, I forgot about that line. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> but it's weird, because later, later, everyone else is really, really shocked. Yeah. By the fact that they can beam people around, but... Well, also, when they beam... Uh, is it... Yeah, they beam Oxnix up to the Enterprise. Mm. And, like, how does he not just, like, literally have a heart attack? He's an old guy, and he's just gone from being in the 1920s to, like... Mm. You know, twenty one, what or twenty three, or whenever the show. Uh, yeah. But they, but but like I said, he actually knows that this stuff happens. He's, he's heard about it, right? But it's it's kind of like saying, you know, um, I've I know that gas main explosions are scary, mm. versus actually having one happen while you're in your home. Meh. Meh. That's all <laughs> is, I got. Is that your hand waving noise now? <laughs> Just, oh, totally. Okay. <clears throat> you're right though it really is it just goes from gunpoint to gunpoint to gunpoint yeah not a single weapon's fired ever no 
Well, well no, except no, no, for no. the ship. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, there is the gun. There is the gunfight. And uh, also, uh, Spock and Bones uh, phase. They stun a couple of couple of the guys, and then later they just go back to punching and pinching. Of course, the old pinch and punch. <laughs> and uh, it really like I don't understand the thought process that Shatner went through when he decided to slowly start turning into one of the Chicago gangsters, because like now it's starting to just kind of ebb into his speech, where he's using a little bit of that goofy Chicago accent. And he's like, got a hunch. He told you he's playing a hunch. I mean, he told yeah. everyone else he's playing a hunch too, but no one's, no one's, you know. So is he suspicious? Saying, is he saying like, you know, if I speak like these gangsters, they'll start to, they'll start to, you know, respect me as one of these gangsters? You know that never works. I, no. Have you ever, have you ever Spock? like, you know? Go I on. mean, like, if you find yourself in a group of uh, Hispanics, do you start? speaking in a that stereotypical was exactly Hispanic the point accent. I was about to make. It's it's like if I went to the hey, South Maine. Side <laughs> I got I dude, I got I got an idea. Just just trust me. Hey Maine. Yeah. Like What's up, I'm going to go to the South Side and just just do my impression of what my people think these people sound uh, exactly. like. And then that's a guaranteed you're going to get shot moment. Exactly. So, uh, brilliant brilliant thinking on the parts of uh Mr. Shatner and briefly mr nimoy it works apparently yeah again it's just one of those things where cultural stereotypes didn't really exist because in the 60s nobody gave a shit about them and um, i think i think uh because this was a period piece once once for, like once you're going back to history yeah you're allowed to stereotype that's just okay. how it is you yeah know? like if we make a movie about the 50s we can be as stereotypical as we want mm-hmm I like how, how Oxmix has like uh, Orwellian Big Brother posters everywhere. Yeah. Of him holding a Tommy gun. <laughs> how many Tommy gun props do you think they went through? Oh, the, in this episode, hundreds. Hundreds of them. Because every male is carrying around a Tommy gun. Every female has some sort of like pistol or pistol. So th- this is another thing that we were talking about earlier with Kirk driving the car. Is it's, it is absolutely enthralling to me that they believe that he would be able to make it work. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if I were writing this scene, and, and God help any Star Trek show that ever hires me, but I, it would be like he's fiddling with things and pressing buttons and trying to turn the key, and it makes a scary noise. He's like, yeah, you know what? Whatever. We're going to walk. Yeah, and it's, it's fine. He can't story. drive. He can't handle the clutch. Uh, he doesn't know reverse from first, but uh, yeah, also, he knows that there's that just... an ignition key and a starter. And uh, yeah, you know. now we just saw uh, in very close succession on the screen here, uh, one of the gangsters lifting up a baby blanket from a uh, a stroller with his gun. Somebody li- was moving things around in a baby stroller with the with a gun. Well, that's how it worked a hundred years and ago. And then Kirk huh? just pointed a gun at a child. So this is well. To be fair, he does have a knife. Well, yeah, that's true. I just feel like if this were tried, if somebody tried to run this past the censors right now in this day and age, oh man, this episode would just be shredded. <laughs> they would burn the originals and and kill Leonard Nimoy. Well, think about this. This was what this was the '60s, and yeah. we're making fun of the '20s. So, forty years. So. 
Imagine in, say, 10 years, a yeah. sci-fi show, time travels back to the 80s, and they get caught in the crack epidemic gang wars. Oh, my God. That'd be such a great <laughs> I mean, episode of Star Trek. the exact Trek. same thing. Yeah. Oh, man. They need to, they need to get moving on the, the next Star Trek TV show just so they can do that in 10 years. Oh, yeah. And then Kirk starts, or the captain starts talking all like, you know. <laughs> starts doing get, what we were talking about Ghetto Abonic stuff. Like. Yeah. Yo, homie. <laughs> Uh, this is also. Hey, I got. I got bunkers. a hunch, Spock. I got a hunch. Just play me out. Don't make me bust a cap in your ass, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta fight the powers that be. <laughs> uh, oh, an- another great scene here with a- another fantastically confusing distraction is uh, the little boy that they they were talking to, who was like first pointed a gun at him, and then he's like, "Oh, I want to be cut in on the action." And Kirk's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." So the kid runs up to the gangsters and is swinging a knife at them. And they're laughing. And they're like, oh, what a little scamp. Isn't he cute? But, but I did want to do a golf clap because he said the name of the episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's. Mm-hmm. And that, that actually doesn't Isn't it weird, though, that uh, the, guy, the guards, or the, I guess guards, yeah. where uh, a lady with a stroller comes by. And they're suspicious enough that they lift it up with the barrel of their gun. And a guy with alien ears doesn't raise any red flags. Well, or a little kid with a knife comes saying, like, I want my daddy. <laughs> and they set their guns down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, this seems legit. I also love that in this episode, uh, Kirk's hat is fuzzy. Mm. Like, Spock where, has a where, nice hat. Where, where, where do you get a, a booby holster, by the way? Seriously. <laughs> I've heard of shoulder holsters. <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah. one was clearly just meant to jam it against someone's boobs. Exactly. And that, that I mean, it's not even like in a sexy way. That just looks weird. <laughs> yeah, never mind. It's sexy. <laughs> and, of course, he knows what a machine gun bolt sounds like. Sure. 300 years later. Hey, he, he read his history book. He knows sounds. <laughs> if he really knew his sounds, he would say, meh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I cannot believe that they went through this entire episode and nobody called anybody else a mug, ever. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff that they, like, when, well, maybe times have changed and when we think of this stereotype of, you know, such and such era that changes from time to time. And sure maybe mug wasn't even a word that they thought that was, you know, used in that I time period. I don't know. Didn't Bogart say mug a lot? Uh yeah, I think or so. Do I just do I just think it? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, might as well be. I guess I've only seen about three or four of his movies, so yeah. Weird thing we're talking about the writers here. The um, one thing that I th- always think is interesting about old school uh, Star Trek, you know, TOS, is that the writers and the producers and everybody involved always have this really. Re- most of them have this really long, serious television pedigree. You know, and yeah, uh, like, like the writer David David Harmon writers. was, uh, you know, he's he started writing in the fifties. Uh, for I didn't know this existed, but I have to mm. look it up. Apparently, there was a show in the fifties called the Schlitz Playhouse, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Brought to you by Schlitz Brewery. Oh, uh, that's awesome! He wrote episodes for uh, Maddox, Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, All in the Family. You know. A lot of a lot of writers in the first season were from Gunsmoke too. I noticed, mm. which is kind of cool. Oh, it, yeah, well, it's pretty much you know wagon train to the stars. As yeah, they say. yeah. Which is kind of what I feel like this is supposed to be. Like, as much as I would like it to be a more military show, and I, I know I've said that a thousand times on the podcast, um, 
this is a little bit more of a space western, not so much in the sense of like a Firefly type show, but it's like mm-hmm. there's this roguish guy that comes in and like either solves or causes everybody's problems. But see, uh, you call us space western. I think this episode is a space midwestern. Nice, good you one. Like that. Uh, yeah, that was a, a good. That's good. that's smart humor. Mm. I feel like our our <laughs> listeners who read books will understand that. What's a book? I don't know. I think it's like an. <laughs> isn't it one of those analog iPads? Exactly. Yeah. That's the other thing. I I just oh, there's the history of the twenties is back there still. Yeah. Just chilling. Mm-hmm. I, I I I could not help but really think that whenever they start talking about how silly it is that the whole society is based on one book, like it is. It's brilliantly subtle religious commentary. Like I love it. Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. But yeah, no, that's, so, that's very true. A book left by somebody that came from the stars, mm-hmm. and everybody lives by it. Dude, did you see that? Even his lamp is wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That is fantastic. <laughs> oh. I like how Scotty never quite catches on either. Well, I, I'm also trying to figure out where Scotty's been looking the whole time. They're not on the view on the vid screen. Then I also He's like, looking thirty degrees off the camera. That's uh, that's and you know. and in the scene, Kirk is speaking in his best amazing Chicago accent, and <laughs> with just the looks on. Yuhura and uh, Scotty's face are just, what the, what the fuck are you saying? Like, just, just say, say what you're trying to say. And Uhura gets it. And then, like, eventually Scotty does, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, we've never heard anybody speak like this before. Oh, God, I want that fuzzy fedora. <laughs> Fuzzdora is what I'm calling <laughs> the it. Fuzzdora. Fuzzdora. Like that it. is a giant band, too. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> what's what's not to love about this episode? <laughs> it, and it's really going to come together in the end. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's exactly what I don't like about this episode. Right. Yeah, the last like 5 seconds really just kind of like just rip the needle across the the record player. It's like uh it's like see why are they so shocked now? Yeah, they've seen like, people beam like in. Like five minutes ago, they were like, oh, they're just going to beam down and sparkle. And now they're like, oh, my God, he's sparkling. And also in this fight sequence, it, it consists of, okay, Spock knocks the guy out with the, the nerve pinch. Kirk shakes this guy for like a good three or four seconds and then punches him. That is, the, That would be the most funny bar fight to watch if everybody fought like that. Okay, so now this is this is a very important part here because this is going to come back later. He, he's confined to one room. The uh, uh, what's the other other it's gangster guy? Order? Yeah, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I who? Yeah, I I've probably got it written down somewhere. Gangster O Gangowitch. <sighs> see to me, see to me, cement galoshes or whatever sounds yeah. more. That sounds more gangstery, doesn't it? Yeah, then overshoes? Yeah. Which I've I've never heard the phrase overshoes. Well, maybe concrete overshoes. Like well, I mean, I don't know what overshoes are. I don't either. Not. I don't know if that's a real thing. There must be shoes that go overshoes. If any of you guys know uh, what overshoes <laughs> are, I love how tweet us car... at, at Trextacles. <laughs> I love how the car has, comes with two Tommy guns, too. No, no, those are the ones that they brought with. 
They, oh, that, they no, left them in the car? Yeah, that is actually consistent because they, they brought phasers with them. Ah. I think. Wait, I don't remember. Uh. <laughs> this episode's fucking crazy. <laughs> okay, so these two guys have been knocked out for a while, and yet there's like five more people waiting in the hallway that just don't know that. The, unless they well, knocked well, them all of, out on the way out. One of them has a sore shoulder. That must have been the one that's <laughs> Spock bench, though. Yeah, that that was an actor's choice. Like he's he's like in this scene, my character's gonna have a hurt shoulder. That was probably the one that Spock pinched. I'm guessing. Yeah. And it is kind of weird that the Vulcan nerve pinch, like, how does he know human anatomy that well? To know that it will knock a human out. I don't know. So I'm also unsure of how Bones cornered them with a gun. Was it just that, like, he beamed in and just kind of caught him off guard? Or they... That's a whole thing that's just completely unexplained in this episode. I'm actually still really more impressed that like I almost want to go back and count the screen time that uh, Red Dress Chick gets without her <laughs> uttering a single word yeah. or even like moving. Yeah, she just shows up in different places. You know, I'll bet you she's been in more than one episode. <laughs> it seems like one of those eye candies that they would, you know, maybe dress her up as one of the the chicks from Orion or something like that. She was banging the casting director. Or yeah, something. that's that's how all casting gets done on this show. <laughs> including James T. Kirk. Oh, yeah. See, now this whole plan would go to hell if the other gangster just spoke while Mr. Scott was speaking to Kirk. He's like, no, I'm I'm on the ship. I'm not dead. They didn't actually kill me. I'm not on ice. I'm standing here at the console. I'm just thinking... <laughs> oh, good writing. Good writing from the 60s. Uh-huh. Come on, Scotty, get on the trolley. <laughs> uh, Is that a thing? Is that a slang? That I, sounds like a the slang. The trolley? Yeah, I don't... Could be. I also like how wacky um, Kirk's telling uh, Mr. Scott to beam in anybody that is reached via telephone from uh, Oxnix, Oxnix's desk. Oxnix. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, love I like how, how like, wacky his gun is framed, too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually the room is going to be full of gangster bosses. And, like, how long would that have taken? Like, the, the, I feel like this is hours elapsed into mere seconds. Well, gangster bosses don't ever leave their little hideout room. Yeah. So they answer every phone call themselves, too. <laughs> I actually really... Uh, now we're back second. to dual wielding Spock. It's very awkward the way he's holding. Oh him. yeah, I feel like one pull the trigger once and he's gonna like fall over backwards. Yeah, well, because you, I imagine phasers don't have any kick, so firing that once would be such a shock to his system. Huh. Oh, she's talking. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that <laughs> the woman in red is speaking in a large crowd scene. However, when I watched this the first time through, I was able to discern one line. And it's the guy, there's a guy who's like in his pajamas. He's like, I want my pants. Like, That's the only, thing, only line I was able to make out of that. Kirk's wearing them. See, <laughs> I really wanted him to, 
Like, I wish he was still wearing the fedora right now so he could spin around, moonwalk, throw it, and do a Michael Jackson Ow! thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Why is he on the pool? T- I don't under... I, yeah, I know. That was another thing. Like, that seems very, like... Oh, she, she got another piece of gum, by the way. Good. <laughs> she swallowed it when she was yelling, the, the woman nice. in red. Nice. Uh, so all all the gang bosses, in, like, there's two mustachioed guys that are dressed exactly the same. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to figure out if these are, like, themed gangs, like the Warriors. Well, we got the fedoras, the straw hats. We um, got fucking yeah. Laurel and Hardy back there. Yeah, oh, yeah, I noticed that as well. <laughs> it's all based on the kind of hat they're wearing, seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, actually... <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the the long shot that they have here, you can you can tell who's with who based on the style of their hats. Okay, here's the, here's the scene with the big reveal where the gangster reveals that when he was on the Enterprise, he only saw three other people, and it was Mister Scott and two of the guards. So he's like, maybe there's only three people on the spaceship. Which, if they know anything about the people that first showed up, they would have to think that it takes more than three or more than six people to run a spaceship. Now, I love this shootout, by the way, because one car pulls up, squeals their tires, pulls out guns. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, some other dudes come running from out of nowhere, out of the shot, <laughs> and, and have guns. And they just happen to be on the other side. And yeah. they start firing. And you notice none of them die. They're shooting at each other. I don't think, I, I don't think any of them fall over. Yep. Yeah, see, they're all, they're all shooting at... I mean, those cars had some thick windows, too, because none of those break. They made better stuff back then. <laughs> now here's Wait a minute. <laughs> that was some <laughs> great Shatner Hackner. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That. It's amazing because the king of overacting <laughs> got to like got to play Over, overact somebody that was overacting. Like yeah. it's it almost hurts. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's rotten. But here's the part where, from space, the Enterprise is able to just hit these two very small targets and stun them. <laughs> Which seems crazy to me, because that, that would be like, you would have a quarter of a second window, like once a month, just depending uh-huh. on wherever they were above the planet, unless they're able to like lock onto a certain area and go with the planet's rotation. Shh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's back to the drawing board where Kirk's gonna play big ball. Uh, now this is just a legitimate question. I don't know. Did they have Venetian blinds in the twenties? Uh, I you know I don't know. They looked out of place, but I I know nothing about history. I know nothing about Venetian blinds. I'm assuming they're probably not from Venice because that would make too much sense. <laughs> Cracko hits Teppo, Chapo hits Groucho, Groucho <laughs> hits Harpo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that was like terrible writing for names. <laughs> and I I like how Kirk solves this like big gang war problem where it's like you could be the boss, no one's gonna hate you for it. You you could be a second in command because you're not as good. The rest of you work for them now. Like, I don't think that's really how gang wars get solved. I think that's how they get started. 
No, but I, I also love the the entire resolution. This is the least satisfying resolution in television history. With such a build up, I mean, too. Like, it had the potential to really, really be interesting. Oh, yeah, but it's like, oh, I know. We have a <laughs> bunch of warring factions, so what are we going to do? Oh, let's put the whole planet in the hands of an organized crime syndicate. What? Well, that's, that's literally that's... that all exists on the planet. So? <laughs> Who are you against? There's only how guys. is that resolution? There are only gangsters on the planet. <laughs> but how does that resolve anything? It how do they agree to it? Just what, over do one. You wanna, do you want to put them all through counseling and be like, okay, now you're going to stop being bad guys now? I don't know. That would be a much longer give, episode if they did that. Why don't they just give them a second book, <laughs> a New Testament <laughs> called Good yeah. Guys of History? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, the gospel of Spock, you know, <laughs> Spock's bunk bed manifesto. We'll leave out that whole uh, Bilbo Baggins part. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a legit song, though. It is. <laughs> it is legitimately a song. I'll give you that. Oh yeah, there's there was one night I don't know what I was doing, but I decided to just like turn on a, a playlist of all Nimoy songs. Because oh, on, on Spotify, they've got an album made up of all uh, Nimoy and Shatner songs. And i got to tell you, it is beautiful. I Cover to cover. Like, like our... our uh, were, were people just... Like, was culture that much different back then that, like, Shatner and Nimoy thought these, these were normal things? Or are, are they just batshit crazy? Like, I, I don't... You realize that Sean Puffy P. Diddy Daddy Combs has been in movies, right? <laughs> well, uh-huh, yeah, I do, <laughs> actually. See, people make the transition from, like, musician to actor all the time. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've, there have been songs that I've heard that Gwyneth Paltrow has sung. Uh, she's, not ba- she's not a bad singer. Oh, no, no, no she's got a real, real good voice. But I'm no. just saying that, like, they, times aren't that different now. I mean, if you... Mm. Didn't Kim Kardashian have... Um, like an album or something like that, where she Probably. was singing. I'm I'm positive that that's something, but that's <laughs> that's another one of those things. Well, I mean, she's not really an actor. Um, what is she? Or a singer? <laughs> I or, don't know what she is. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, well, I know what I'm <laughs> researching tonight. <laughs> You're going on to the the Wikipedia train of just going through Kim Kardashian's personal life. No, I'm going to ask Jeeves, what is a Kim Kardashian? <laughs> like, I, just I don't start, get it. Just start tweeting her questions about herself. What are you? <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're going to do that right now. Uh, there you go. From <laughs> Texticles. Yep. At, at it kind of, this kind of makes me miss the, uh, the Bruce Jenner channel, though. You remember that? No. No? Uh, Bruce wow. Jenner had his own channel? <laughs> um, he did in... Uh, a certain market in Alabama. Uh, really? No, no. It was uh, they reorganized the cable stations down where I used to live. Yeah. And I don't know how exactly, but they when they flipped the switch, channel like sixteen or something was supposed to go off the air entirely. They weren't going to broadcast anything on that channel anymore. Mm-hmm. But it went off the air in the middle of an episode of whatever, keeping up with the whatever, and it was just Jenner. Really? Just, like, with the most awkward face. Like, he looked like, 
half drunk falling oh, over with his wait, hair. No, all no, no, no. Up. You had you had told me that. And it, it lasted for like two Jenner. weeks. My my roommate was a he's a personal trainer and he'd put it on all the treadmills. <laughs> and say like you have to run for forty five minutes and so we can get rid of this. You know, like, <laughs> this is the only way to get rid of it. Uh, weren't weren't we watching something? Uh, it, <laughs> the, the credits have rolled with the most dissatisfying ending. Yeah, I think uh, that this is this is actually very fitting because we talked about the episode for about forty five minutes. Yeah, and then we just trailed off into nonsense. Yeah, but while we did that, the episode was trailing off into nonsense. See, so there you perfect. go. If, yeah. it had, if it had tried harder to keep us with it, mm. we would have... No, we, we did plan this, actually. Our writers, uh, our head writer pitched <laughs> this to me. There you go. There you go. Our head writer. Yep. Oh, man. So that was just a hell of an episode. And, um, yeah, I just, I just want to thank you all for listening to it. it. It's good to be back. We're going to, we're going to try to get back on top of this and be giving you weekly episodes because we love doing this and hopefully you guys love hearing it. So if you want to track us down online, uh, the, the webpage is kind of in transition right now. So uh, just skip out on that. If you've got something to say to us, you can either send us a, a note over at trekskulls at gmail.com or if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at trekskulls at sign T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. You can find me on Twitter personally at at the bad Pat Ryan. That's T-H-E-B-A-D-P-A-T-R-Y-A-N. And Jake... By the way, the at sign is actually the little A with the circle around it. Right. Just in case you were wondering. And then you can find me at Twitter at at Fittentoaster, and I can never spell my own name. F-I-T-Z-E-N-T-O-A-S-T-E-R. Ah, oh, beautiful. Well so, done, Jake. Uh, and also, I just really want to say before we do the little sign-off, Yeah. I went this entire episode, and I'm not a big fan of how this episode ended. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I did not say piece of the action more like a piece of something else oh yeah that would have been a really good one to throw in i know can we re-record this entire 90 minute thing yeah you know what? We're, we're gonna start all over so uh all right cool because i i don't know how editing works so let's just do the whole thing over again <laughs> i don't either this, this and this this time we'll do it in uh chicago accents great right. well is hard to say in that <laughs> oh <laughs> all right so uh on, on behalf of me, Pat Ryan, and Jake over there, we just want to say thank you so much. Uh, we love you guys, and we will see you guys next week. So live long and uh, prospector.